Let's start the show by talking about my sponsor, Paloma Verde, and their new website, PalomaVerdeCBD.com. Head over to PalomaVerdeCBD.com and check them out for all of your CBD needs. They've got the gummies, tinctures, the salves. So if you're needing anything to maybe chill you out, something to help you get mellowed out, something for your joint pain and stiffness, go over to PalomaVerdeCBD.com and give them a check out. Carlos and Vanessa are awesome people. They run a great company. And if you enter the promo code FACTS at checkout, you'll get 25% off your order. Plus, any order over $75, you get free shipping. So, I don't know what you're waiting for. Head over to PalomaVerdeCBD.com and check them out. Let's start the show. This episode will be completely taken out of context. Welcome to the Fact Check This podcast. Fact Check This Podcast, and today I am joined by a very special guest once again, but this time not to talk about video games or comic books or anything of that nature. I have my son, Sean, with me, and we are actually going to talk about a really serious topic. We're going to talk about why are teenagers so unhappy? Are you unhappy? No. Are Uh, you? No, I was not unhappy as a teenager. I was a pretty happy kid, Um, and I think we're going to we're going to get to the root of a lot of why teenagers, generally speaking, are unhappy and perhaps why you are not. And um, in doing so, we're going to cover a article from The Atlantic, which everybody knows The Atlantic is one of my favorite publications, obviously. I share stuff from it all the time. Um, as I've said before, I do actually for all of the incredibly leftist twists that the Atlantic gives to most things that you, that uh, that they cover, they do actually do some good work as well. So we're going to take a look at the Atlantic. So let's pull this up right quick. That's not the right one. There it is. It's helpful if I didn't have quite so many tabs open all the time. But what you mean, all six million of them? It is what it is. What we are going to go into is why American teens are so sad. Four forces are propelling the rising rates of depression among young people. So as we get into this, we're going to we're going to kind of skip over some of the early part. Not not entirely. Um, the background for this article. A government survey of almost 8,000 high school students, which was conducted in the first six months of 2021, found a great deal of variation in mental health amongst different groups. More than one in four girls reported Excuse me, more than one in four girls reported that they had seriously contemplated attempting suicide during the pandemic, which was twice the rate of boys. Nearly half of LGBTQ teens said they had contemplated suicide during the pandemic compared with 14% of heterosexual peers. Sadness amongst white teens seems to be rising faster than amongst other groups. <clears throat> and then it says, uh, so why is this happening? I want to propose several answers to that question along with one meta explanation that ties them together. But before we start with that, we want to uh, squash a few tempting fallacies. The first fallacy is that we can chalk up all this to teens behaving badly. In fact, lots of self-reported teen behavior are moving in a positive direction. Since the 90s, drinking and driving is down almost 50%. School fights are down 50%. Sex before 13 is down 70%. School bullying is down and LGBTQ acceptance is up. I'm not sure what the last thing has to do with any of the others, but here we are. The second fallacy is that do you think teens are better behaved having heard some stories of me when I was younger? Oh, yeah, you were god awful. 
What? You were? (laughs) The second fallacy is that teens have always been moody, and sadness looks like it is rising only because people are more willing to talk about it. Uh, Objective measures of anxiety and depression, such as eating disorders, self-harming behavior, and teen suicides, are sharply up over the past decade. Across the country, we've witnessed dramatic increases in emergency department visits for all mental health emergencies, including suspected suicide attempts. Uh, Today's teenagers are more comfortable talking about mental health, but rising youth sadness is no illusion. So it's not that it's getting more limelight attention, it's that it is legitimately on the rise. The third fallacy is that today's mental health crisis was principally caused by the pandemic. And what this goes into is that the studies that they talk about um, have been going on since 2009. So while, yes, there has been significant spike since the beginning of the pandemic um, and everything that and the response to the pandemic, this was already something that was trending in that direction for a number of years. So it's not exclusively pandemic driven. So the four propelling causes that are increasing teens uh, unhappiness. And I'm going to bring up each of them, and then I'm going to have you kind of talk about that, what you see, and what your opinions of that are. Okay? Okay. You understand the premise of what we're doing here? I'm going so, to... So you're going you're gonna to tell me what one of the number one things are, and then you're going to, like, one of the things are, and then you're, you're going to ask me what my, what, what I think they mean by that? Literally the exact words that just came out on it. No, it was kind of rephrased-ish. This is borderline rocket science, ladies and gentlemen, trying to get straight answers out of a 13-year-old. <laughs> you suck, Dad. You're mean. I'm an excellent parent. <laughs> You're All right. very mean. So the four forces that he talks about in the article. Number one, social media use. Um, and this is really interesting, and I'll, I'll probably get the book. Um, I looked at some excerpts from it, and it's really interesting. Um Gene Twinge wrote a uh, controversial feature in the Atlantic titled Has Smartphones Destroyed a Generation, which was based off of her book, IGN. So IGN is a book that kind of looks at your generation from the perspective of like social media, cell phones, uh, the con- the like the always online communities, stuff like that, and how it has really kind of warped your worldview, changed the way you look at things, change just the way you'd like socially interact with everyone and everything around you, especially as opposed to like my generation or, you know, my parents' generation, the ones in between, like you're, you're coming up in something that's very different. And so that's what our book talks about. And, and from what I've found of it, it's really, really compelling. So I'll probably do something on that at some point. But um, so she wrote that, they noticed teen sadness and anxiety began to steadily rise in the U.S. around 2012, um, which was when the a percentage of Americans who owned a smartphone went over 50 percent. There have also been some there's also been some scientific dispute that uh, social media use itself doesn't make teenagers more unhappy. Um, I'm kind of of the opinion that if you trust the science still, you're probably retarded. Like if you just look at what the, the science, the official science says and all of these research projects that they do, 
that are all funded by, I, I would be willing to bet Facebook and Twitter were probably big funders of this, these research studies to find out if uh, teenagers were unhappy because of their social media use. I, I would almost guarantee you that they were primary contributors to the funding for that research. So you kind of get what you're uh, looking for in that. So what do you think about the, the social media aspect of it? Like you don't have a whole lot of social media. So yeah. well, that's because I'm not allowed to, but the social media aspect of it. Uh, don't put your hand over your mouth. It's not over my mouth. It's on my cheek. You're fine. Social media aspect of it. People just see others that are, they think they're so much better than them. And there's, there's a lot of online bullying and that's, that's why they wouldn't let me, or that's why my mom wouldn't let me have social media. And just a lot of very bad, not great things for children on internet or teens in general. So is there actually a lot of online bullying or is there a perception of that? And and how is online bullying a problem when it's, that's the solution. I mean, unplug the thing and walk away from it. Like, how is that? That's what I told mom. And I, I think you should just unplug it and... Or, you know, block them. You can still use it. Just block it. You have every ability to stop what's happening at any point. There shouldn't be a reason for social media to cause sadness at all. If you don't like it, you don't have to see it. You can just stop it at any time. You are absolutely my kid. Don't be a moron. Stop whatever it is that is happening. Because it is a literally a click of a button. All right. So I had you read this and you claim that you actually read it. So okay, what no, no, no. I didn't read it. I had it read to me by the, the internet. You don't have to argue semantics. That's not the way this works. All right. So, and that's that's a big pet peeve of mine. What? I don't know what you said. Lord Jesus, help me. I'm like <clears throat> saying to every other word. So uh, Instagram's internal research from 2020 found that while most users had a positive relationship with the app, a third of teenage girls said that Instagram makes them feel worse, even though these girls feel unable to stop themselves from logging on. What do you think about that? Those girls are idiots. Just just stop it. Just, you, you just, I don't care if you can't stop yourself from logging on. If that's a problem, delete the app. Delete your account, delete the app. Just disable everything on there that you could possibly have a problem with. People are stupid. Teenagers are stupid. All right. Next, I don't disagree with you at all, and we're going to use some of that in your in the the uh, conclusion to all of this. So the next point that it brings up is sociality is down. Do you know what that means? Sociality, like. Uh, having a face-to-face -face conversation instead of having my head buried into a phone. Right. The amount of time you spend actually being social outside of social media. Uh, so this is, this is a quote. I tell parents all the time, if Instagram is merely displacing TV, I'm not concerned about it. Uh, but today's teens spend more than five hours a day on social media, and that habit seems to be displacing quite a bit of beneficial activity. 
The share of high school students who got eight or more hours of sleep declined 30% from 2007 to 2019. Compared with their counterparts in the 2000s, today's teens are less likely to go out with their friends, get their driver's license, or play youth sports. Uh, and then I know we've seen some of this, uh, maybe not so much personally, but for instance, your, your stepbrother, uh, he was just within the last year that he got a driver's license. Um, you and your sisters don't play any sports. Uh, I mean, like for my generation, it was, it was like a big deal. When you turned 16, you went to the courthouse immediately that next Monday and took the driver's permit test to get your permit. And then as soon as your six months was up with having your permit, you went and took your driver's test to get your license. And like, if you failed, if you failed your permit test, you went back as soon as you were eligible to go back. Then you took it again. If you failed your license test, you went back as soon as you were eligible to go back and you took it again until you passed. Like, well, none of my friends put off getting a driver's license. None, nobody like postponed doing any of that stuff. Why do you think it is that teenagers are less social? Why are they spending less time? I mean, every weekend, Friday night, and Saturday night, and sometimes even Sunday night to a, a lesser extent. Uh, as soon as it was dark, we were all hanging out. We were all together. We would either go pull up in a parking lot somewhere. We would go down down in the bottoms and hang out by the bridges. Or like we went, we'd go to somebody's house. Like every weekend, we were out with friends somewhere. Why do you think it is that? Teenagers are less social, less, you know, you don't do those sort of things. You don't, you're not making the push to go get a driver's license. You're not as participatory in sports. You're not as, they're not as active in hanging out in person and stuff like that. And I'm not talking about you specifically, because I see you making a lot of gestures. I'm talking about like teenagers, generally speaking, like your friends groups and stuff like that. Well, a lot of teenagers, they, instead of being, they, instead of wanting to be around people, they want to sit at their house in their chair, play video games with their friends online instead of going outside and being around people. And Or they'll just not want to do it at all. They don't want to talk to people. They just want to sit there and listen to music. I mean, Katie does that like 98% of the time. And it's it's nice that we get to have friends all the time over and hang out with them. I mean, not as quite much over here right now currently because I don't think any of my friends want to drive an hour to come hang out. But I can always just go there. But so teenagers don't want to go outside and go do things at all. Like I asked a friend maybe a week ago if he wanted to come camping with me. He said, no, I'd rather sit in my chair and play video games. I'm like, and I told him he needed, he needed to get outside and do something. And he said, no, I just don't want to. No one, no one like leaves. No one wants to leave the comfort of their home. So why do you think that is though? I don't know. It's, it, for me, I've always just wanted to leave and go somewhere else and just do something. And Is it because I'm abusive? No, it's because I'd rather go to the skate park and do just fun stuff for me. If you're not abusive except for the time you stabbed me in the hand. I didn't stab you. You stabbed yourself anyway. I didn't stab myself. You stabbed me. You pretended to stab me. Yeah, okay. But 
just people don't want to get outside anymore and it's sad but i like to go outside and i like to go look at nature and i mean what two days ago we went to alan mosley's thing and me and two other kids i just met two random kids and we sat out there and we just stared at the stars for a while and talked and that was super fun for us and now since you know they live states away a good thing about having this social media and internet and everything so they are going to add me as friends on like a video game platform on pc and everything and we can still talk to each other and that's great but it's still nice to be outside you know and around other people very good and i was also going to talk about we did have a big weekend we got to go to the it's too late fourth annual live show and hang out with alan and a whole bunch of other folks i mean made great new friends and it was an awesome time for me and for him and just to see a bunch of kids who didn't know each other from adam uh connect and, and hang out and have fun like that in like just the most completely random of uh, of occasions and, and environments was really really a lot of fun like I, I think that was that was almost as gratifying to me to see y'all have that happen as it was to make friends myself and hang out and meet people in person. So, so that was really cool. Yeah, it was awesome. So a little bit of extra socialization would probably go a long way for most kids lives, honestly. Yep. All right. So the next point, the world is stressful and there is more news about the world's stressors. So what this talks about is that, like when I was a kid, we knew what was going on in the news, but didn't really care. Right. Because we were hanging out. We were doing our thing. We, you know, it didn't affect us. Uh, you know, we played sports. We did all these things. The stress of the world wasn't, and that was something that you deal with when you get older. And the last, as this a quote from the article here, in the last decade, teenagers have become increasingly stressed by concerns about gun violence, climate change and the political environment. Increased stress amongst uh, young people is linked to increased levels of sadness. Girls more than boys are socialized to internalize distress, meaning that they tend to collapse in on themselves by becoming depressed or anxious. And you do see this more and more often um, as you get more involved with social media, that there are a lot of young people, like 14 to 18 years old, who are deeply engaged in very political very uh, just like news of the day type activism and stuff like that. Uh, you know, gun violence and climate change, as it talks about LGBTQ rights and all of this stuff, like all of these stresses are for whatever reason being dumped on kids. And it could be because of the social media thing where that you are exposed to it on a damn near daily basis. Well, that's what I was going to say. You so kids with social media, they're seeing this constantly every day, all the time, because it's on there and it's always on there because there are news sites from all over the country, all over the world, everywhere. It's if they're very like they have to see it because there is no chance they're not going to. So how do you how do you personally feel about that stuff? Like do you feel like any of that stuff is a stress on your life that it has any real meaningful impact on your life is it something that you feel like you should or would worry about at any point in the near future i mean yeah when i get older yeah these are probably things that i can worry about then 
But for now, I'm still a kid and I can still do these things that because these don't really apply to me currently as a child. Even though it's stuff that I talk about on a relatively regular basis. Oh yeah, I have to listen to that all the time. You know, we don't have very thin walls. I'm hearing it constantly. And then you know, he but does that have an but does that have an effect on you? Like, does it cause it to be something? Does it cause it to be something that adds stress? That adds I'm not thinking about it all the time. I'm not stressed by it because you know I really I, I really don't care that much. Because I've learned to, that from you, not to care at all about anything ever. But like, people are constantly worried about it, and then I think so. Adults, so like kids will go ask questions about it, and then the adults don't usually have an answer because they're they're just as confused about it as the kids are. So you're saying that most adults aren't helpful when it comes to broaching these topics that are okay so i no, guess like, everyone has their own opinion and if you go ask someone else so like if i asked you about something if i asked you about gun control it it would be a completely different answer from asking my mom so there's just a bunch of confusion when it comes to asking parents because no one has the same answer but is that something that you feel like you even should be asking about at this point like no because it has nothing to do with me at all i i'm not old enough to be concerned about it yet like there is no reason for me to be upset or have any anxiety over things i cannot control or have any problem with or anything relevant all right to me. so so i'm gonna ask you about this line in particular uh think of it as a pile-on effect we're coming out of the pandemic and suddenly russia goes to war every day it feels like there's something else other than like the fact that school was shut down and you had to go through some uh, exceptional bullshit coming back to school from the pandemic and, you know, everything that's gone on over the last year and a half or so with that, like, does the last part of that line mean anything to you? Then Russia goes to, like, we're coming out of a pandemic and then Russia goes to war? Russia going to war has, like, I, I don't, I, I mean, I feel bad for, you know, those people and all, but what am I going to do? there's nothing for me to have any problem with. I can't do anything. Why does it matter to me? All right. Oh, God, I am your kid. So the last one, I think this is the most important one, in in my opinion. Modern parenting strategies. In the past 40 years, American parents, especially those with with a college degree, have nearly doubled the amount of time they spend coaching, chauffeuring, tutoring, and otherwise helping their teenage children. the economist Valerie Ramey has labeled this the rug rat race. A high in, uh, high income parents in particular are spending more time preparing their kids for a competitive college admissions process. Uh, she couldn't be she couldn't believe the amount of pressure that friends were putting on their kids to get ready to, for college. All right. So we're we're, we're not going to go super, super in depth on this part of it because I have a lot of my own thoughts. But what do you think about the the parenting time thing? Like, do you feel like you're overparented? Do you feel like we're pushing you to prepare for college or that we're uh, helicoptering in any way, that we're trying to make you more aware of all of these obscure social issues? Are we trying to make you be this or that or the other? Oh, with you? Oh, God, no. It's like you, you definitely care, but like 
you don't have it's not like you're trying to force me to do or feel like I need to be something different with mom I mean she does want me to be ready for college what I want need to know everything definitely kind of helicopter but I love my mom and you know she's great and all but still that's there's there's too much sometimes and too over the top about it a lot of the times you you're you're a good mix of it and you can got like I, I'm fine and you know that if I do something it's gonna you've just let me like find out my mistakes on my own let me lead this path by myself which is very nice with still some guidance so that's least. the thing that that's the thing in this like helicopter or lawnmower or rugrat race whatever parenting style that that gets talked about relatively frequently is like children aren't even given the opportunity to make mistakes like you are you are guarded to the point that you don't even know what you're doing wrong because you're not allowed to do it wrong to begin with like you you don't have the opportunity to fail you you're sheltered from it you almost are brought up in a bubble without actually having the physical bubble what do you think about that do you see that with other students other like friends of yours other just kids in school like do you see parents that are like excessively involved in stuff that that you so like the way that i, I kind of look at it because there this did exist to some lesser extent when i was your age you would have uh i would have some friends who like their parents would help them with their portfolios and their homework and their studying and stuff like that it's like um why like i i didn't ask my parents dad papa he wanted to help me with my math homework and he would he would try really hard and and eventually i i outpaced him on his mathematical knowledge like he it was good for me up until about eighth or ninth grade and then i started getting into more advanced mathematics that he, he either understand. he either didn't remember because it had been so long ago or he just hadn't made it that far and so he wanted to help and he wanted to be involved and i just didn't need him so and i wasn't the type to ask for help anyway like i can figure shit out on my own and if i can't then i'm too dumb to be doing this and i need to you know take a step back and and figure it out on my own like do you see parents that don't even give their kids that opportunity to figure it out on their own yes quite often there's multiple kids in my school I, I went to their house just after school and like because sometimes you know if mom kept me up or i i mean i've missed the bus a couple of times now and i'll just go and i wait at a friend's house for a little bit and their parents are just right there on top of them sit down they're sitting down at the table the parent is answering like literally every question for them they don't get an option to try and do it on their own or anything at all on their own what's my typical answer if y'all ask me uh if y'all ask me for help with a question i don't know google it (laughs) (laughs) or i don't know figure it out and it's not that i don't know it's that as soon as you ask me the question i know what the answer is but that's not my job to figure it out like it's yours that's I already did that. I already answered that question. I had that phase of my life. It's I'm not doing it again. 
I, I hate repeating myself. And so doing your homework for you is like repeating myself. I have no interest. So let's get back to the article. We're going to kind of wrap up here um, and get your sort of your final take on uh, why are teenagers more sad now? Uh, so in kind of in closing here with this, uh, this article, Uh, one study found that a sixth of the increase in teen suicides was was associated with parental opioid addiction. Um, like there are things that are happening societally that, like the opioid crisis, is definitely What's adding opioid? Uh, like prescription drugs. Oh, okay. Like the legal drugs that you you can get. Okay. Yeah. So, like stuff like that is creating a, a new. Uh, dynamic that maybe didn't exist when I was a kid, but then at the same time when I was a kid, uh, we did have like the illegal drugs and stuff like that. And so there were uh, there were other hazards that existed when I was a kid that don't now. Whereas you get the opioid crisis and and things that are going on of that nature now that we didn't have back then. So I think there's while that may have something to do with some of it, I think there's a relatively fair trade off in things that existed then that don't now to things that exist now that don't, that didn't. Is that, you think that would be fair? I'm going to say yes, because like my brain just died in the middle of that. So yes, sure. All right. The world is overwhelming and an, an inescapably negative news cycle creates, uh, creates an atmosphere of existential gloom, not just for teens, but also for their moms and dads. Uh, the more overwhelming the world feels to parents, the more they may try to bubble wrap their kids with accommodations. Over time, this protective parenting style deprives children of the emotional resilience they need to handle the world's stresses. That, that's that's kind of the like the particular line that I wanted to look at because other than other than like the stuff I talk about for these shows. And if it wasn't for the fact that I talk about it on the shows, would you even be aware of any of the stuff that goes on in the world? Uh, probably not. Other than, like, I mean, teachers complain about some of it. But currently, since it's summer and all, no, I would have no clue at all. See, that's another thing that I have a problem with is that Parents are putting too much of the stress of the world on their kids by talking about this stuff all the time and really making it something that's front and center. And, and like, even when I do talk about this stuff with y'all seriously, I also try to be humorous about it and, and make light of it so that it's not something that you feel like you should care about. Right. I mean, yeah. that's what I strive for anyway. Yes. So parents doing that, who are putting these stresses on their kids, like that's, that's terrible in and of itself. And then you have teachers that are also doing that, that are like, literally your job is to teach the kid about whatever fucking subject you're teaching, not to insert all of your political and social and whatever other bullshit onto all of these kids that don't need to be worried about that stuff. Like that's, that's not the teacher's job to socialize you on every single current event topic of the day and, and add their political and personal, uh, twist to it or or interpretation to it so like do you get that a lot 
and I mean, hopefully not, but no, not really. But like, you know, every once in a while, they got a problem with their event, like, and there's one really, really political kid who was in my class for English. He'd ask the teacher about these things because, you know, he just wanted their opinion. She would talk to him about it, and he's a really loud kid, so. I, I could hear it and I was sitting right next to the desk anyway, so I'd hear all these things. And it, it's never really concerned me ever. Because I just just I, I just blatantly just don't care. I think the moral of this episode is that I'm a damn good dad. <laughs> uh, I've raised these kids to to treat all of the uh social news of the day with the exact reverence that it deserves. Not a single fucking bit. Give your plugs and we'll get out of here. I'm kidding. You better not plug anything. I don't have anything to plug. Very good. Very good. That means I've raised okay, you. How about the run your mouth pocket? No, you know, that's you don't not this episode. You don't want to do an ad read for Clyde. That's not this show. But, but he's your friend. But that's not this show. But he's your friend. You have a lot to learn about podcasting, my boy. But he's your friend. Just do it for him. You know what? Clyde, if you are, in fact, my friend, you'll watch this episode and you'll ask me to be nice and plug Run Your Mouth Coffee on the next episode. In the meantime, hope everybody has a great rest of your week. Do go check out uh, Paloma Verity CBD and get all of your CBD needs filled uh, from them using the promo code FACTS. And, uh, I mean, I guess you could hit up Run Your Mouth Coffee, use the promo code SQUALL and get a fancy 15 or 20% off your order. I don't know what the, the discount actually is. I, I'm not the one who does that ad read typically on the morning show. You should definitely tune back in on Friday morning for the morning after and see what we're doing over there because we're all a bunch of degenerates. Don't you mean Wednesday morning as well? This is the Wednesday episode. Oh, this is the Wednesday episode. Oh. You have a lot to learn about podcasting. Well, I didn't know this is coming out. It's Monday, dude. Dude, this is like when the Wizard of Oz is back there and he's pulling on the levers and stuff and then Toto runs up and grabs hold of the curtain. And like this is it's literally what they mean by pulling back the curtain. Like you just you just ruin the whole thing. Everybody's supposed to think that we recorded this like 430 on Wednesday morning and then I just like put it out, pushed it out there. 430 on Wednesday morning. That's why it's dark out, right? What time is it? Jesus. And the magic ended. Everybody have a great rest of your week. Well, I'll be back on Monday. Not with him.